0: Hello and welcome to Lifetimes of Learning, a production at the Buddhist Discussion Centre Australia. In our podcast series, we will be discussing the teachings and principles of Buddha Dharma, which is just as relevant today as they were 2,600 years ago. In this podcast, we will cover chapter 13 of the book titled Bringing Wisdom to Life, authored by Anita Carter and Frank Carter. Published by Tableau Publishing in 2018. Copyright held by Buddhist Discussion Centre Upway Limited. Whether you are on the meditation cushion or on your way to work, we invite you to bring your mind inside and listen to the teachings of the Buddha. Chapter 13. Determination If
1: you have had the opportunity of meeting very bright Buddhist practitioners you will recognise they certainly have a great sense of urgency. They wish to accomplish a lot in the time they have available. Usually, what they are accomplishing through their, their repeated effort and skill is directed towards helping others. The beings who have done the most work on themselves don't relax in their merits. They know directly how urgent it is to practice and to help others learn and practice. Master Ching Yun from Taiwan, who founded Shan Monastery and about 200 other temples around the world, including Nantian Temple in Wollongong, Australia, wrote, He has done the equivalent of 300 years of Buddhist practice in this present life. We have a sense of urgency because we, have, we clearly recognise what has to be done to look after ourselves. And our future, while we have the opportunity and capacity to do something about it. This is the view of a clear mind. This is Buddha Dharma culture. The eighth of the ten perfections is the perfection of determination, or Atitana Parami in Pali. The determination or resolve is to do with how much power and persistence our mind has to train itself in doing the good things and to reduce doing not good things. Until we have developed determination and many other good mental qualities, our ability to drop our habitual ways of acting and follow the Buddha's instruction is quite limited. Until our minds are well trained. We'll always find there are plenty of rational alibis and reasons for not practicing or not making a wholehearted effort in our practice. For example, in the practice of generosity, we may be okay at responding to reasonable requests to help out, provided we are given plenty of notice and what is being asked is not too inconvenient. However, step outside what we think is a reasonable request made of us and all of a sudden there is a barrage of good reasons or reluctance from our side while we should decline to provide our help. Our alibis are well summed up in the following phrase. It's too hot, too cold, too late, too soon. Probably you have to experience this for yourself quite a few times to recognise the pervasiveness of the limitations to practising generosity and the will to give of yourself. At the Buddhist Discussion Centre Australia, our teacher John Hughes helped his students overcome these weaknesses in their effort and determination by making frequent and demanding requests of them which were designed to gradually extend the capacity of those students who really wanted to progress. It was not unusual for John to ask a person to work until 3 or 4 in the morning to get something done for the next morning. People sometimes went to him complaining the workload was too much and they would walk out an hour later have agreed to take on extra responsibilities. Students would work long hours during the day, just when they were about to leave for home for a deserved rest, the teacher would say, have you got a moment? Often he would then start explaining a new task or tasks or even a major event which needed to be organised. Often, the difficulty experienced for those students was not doing the extra task requested of them, but of going against their karmic and habitual ego views of what was a reasonable request, or what they preferred time to leave for home was. Yet going against their own stinginess was the very thing that was of benefit to them. The teacher could get get his students to agree to take on many times more than their own generosity with conditions and limitations attached would have allowed them to do so. And this is what has to happen if we wish to attain and realize the higher levels of Dharma knowledge and skills this life. How do we build stronger generosity if we repeat our existing version of generosity? How do we increase our capacity if we resist extending ourselves by doing more. The perfection of determination should be viewed thus. Without firmly undertaking the practice of giving and the other paramis, maintaining an unshakable determination in the encounter with their opposites, and practicing them with consistency and vigor, the basis of enlightenment, i.e., the requisites of giving, etc., do not arise. And this is a quote from A Treatise on Paramis by Ashara Dhammapada in 6th century. So, what can we use as a lever to ensure we continue to improve ourselves? First, you have to decide that's for you, truthfully. If you want to really make a big difference in your life and your mind, it needs to be or become your life's number one mission. Otherwise, your ego will not accept the price of going against its preferences and likes and dislikes. Of all the options available in this world, from all the viewpoints you can see, over and above everything else, you want to make yourself better, brighter, and happier this life through the cultivation of wisdom. You recognise the truth of what the Buddha taught. You understand that the suffering in life has a cause which is grabbing or grasping, and that there is a path of practice and develop to overcome the suffering, which is the Noble Eightfold Path. You want to learn more and more how to improve your mind and put that learning into practice for the benefit of yourself and others. You must include others in the picture because many aspects of how you will improve depends on your being kind to others and helping others. One word we could use to describe this resolve to your Buddhist practice is wholehearted. You are always prepared to give it your best. It doesn't mean make your biggest effort or try your hardest. This is too tired, too stressed, too much effort for what is needed. It means don't accept your alibis of it's too cold, too hot, too late, or it's too soon to practice. Practice with resolve and determination in your heart. Enlightenment is difficult to scale. To reach the summit requires us to transform ourselves in a way that we have never done before. Thinking thus, we engage in the methods for developing the perfection of determination. Nina Van Goghom writes, We read in a commentary to the Kariyapitaka about the meaning by which the perfections are accomplished. And it is said that they should be performed perseveringly without interruption and that there should be enduring effort over a long period without coming to a halt halfway. The Bodhisattva did not come to a halt halfway. We need to examine what we are using at the moment to recognise our limitations. Ordinary determination works with the eight worldly conditions as its platform. These eight are praise and blame, gain and loss, happiness and unhappiness, honour and dishonour. This type of determination gives out when the goes gets tough. Or it gives out when the going gets good enough that you settle for worldly comfort and happiness and couldn't be bothered with the work of practice. Don't give up your resolve to become enlightened because some negative karma from the past comes. Or when your friends or family don't approve of what you choose to do. Or when laziness or complacency seems more inviting. Base your determination on the bedrock of understanding the way the world works and your confidence in the Buddha Dharma path out of suffering. Human birth is difficult to obtain. The life of beings is uncertain. The conditions you are experiencing at the moment are subject to change. Cause and effect cannot be escaped. These understandings remain regardless of what the eight worldly conditions are bringing to you. Therefore, your determination is based on realistic foundation. Until we have reached some higher stage in the perfection of determination or resolution for ourselves, we must see what we've got. We must build powerful skills such as time planning, which we discussed two weeks ago, as our weapons to conquer weaknesses we have never been able to conquer before. We need to move our positions successively in many areas from where we are now towards being an enlightened being. If we are complacent about our present capability, our present position, we are not recognizing that practicing the ten perfections, or as they have been called, the perfectors, requires discernible improvement over time. If our practice is to just repeat over and over what we already can do, we are actually going backwards. It may look like practice, but there is no progress. It's not moving you towards enlightenment. We creatures creatures for habit, we have a disposition to stick with what we know even if it is unsatisfactory, rather than making an effort to improve. This is unusual this is usually the defilement of laziness confining us. We have resistance to change, yet to benefit from our cherished meeting with the Dharma we must not only accept change but fully embrace it and use it to our advantage. It is our best ally because if not for change, we could not improve. From a Dharma point of view, you can drive the change in your life in two ways. One is to recognize that all change comes about through having made the causes of change in the past. We drive our own change through our choice of wholesome actions or unwholesome actions. To be able to consistently make the right choices requires learning and merit. The second way is when we plan to change. This is when we take over the process of change to direct and facilitate the change because of our increasing sense of urgency. We take over the natural process of impermanence and change by planning change. Over a longer period. Longer term period, this can be managed by goal setting and creating a life plan. In the shorter term, it is by tracking our dharma performance from week to week, and from month to month to identify what most needs our attention at the moment. For example, if we see ourselves frequently getting irritated by a particular person or persons, we should deal wisely with this by planning regular metta meditation to send metta to those persons until we no longer have this aversion to them. If we are getting stuck on a particular defilement, we should find out what we can do to overcome this obstacle. Look in the dharma texts in our library or as our teachers. The point is to not simply overlook the thing which you have recognised is a weakness or pretend you don't need to do something about it. If you think your dharma practice isn't strong enough, take responsibility for your own progress. Much the same as if you were planning to improve a business you managed, or a new initiative you were planning in your job, or planning to improve your finances. You work it out. How am I going to do this? Then, you have to sit down and write a plan. Many breakthroughs and improvements in our Dharma practice will come from doing this. Otherwise, our merit is going to reinforcing our existing way of doing things. If you keep doing what you've done, you will get the same results. Please remember to ask for help from your teachers. Don't feel it is inappropriate to ask for help because it is not inappropriate. The Buddha once said, because there are these four right efforts. What for? Here because. One. One generates desire for the non-emergence of yet-arising evil, disadvantageous mental states. One makes an effort. One arouses energy, directs mind, strives enthusiastically to prevent bad from arising. 2. One generates desire for the quick elimination of already arisen bad detrimental states. One makes an effort, arouses energy, redirects mind, and one strives enthusiastically for eradication of all wrong. One generates desire for the arising of yet arisen advantageous mental states. One makes an effort, one arouses much energy, redirects the mind, and strives enthusiastically for the birth of good states. 4. One generates desire for the fixed maintenance of already arisen advantageous states, for their stable increase, expansion, and final fulfilment by development. One makes an effort, one arouses energy, redirects the mind, and strives enthusiastically for sustaining all rights and good. These are the four right efforts. Because... Just as the river Gange slants, slopes, and inclines towards the east, even so does a bhikkhu, who develops and cultivates this four right effort, slant, slop, slide, glide, and incline directly towards Nibbana.
0: This concludes chapter 13 of the book titled Bringing Wisdom to Life. Thank you for listening to our Lifetimes of Learning podcast. To listen to other chapters of this book and our other recordings, please go to our website www.bdcu.org.au and click on Dharma Teachings. Or you can go to our online World Buddhist Radio station from our website by clicking on Buddhist Radio. May you be well and happy. May all beings be well and happy.